Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome to another edition of the Morning Briefing. Now, this is your Tuesday morning edition. Jeff DeForest along with one Mike Luby Lubitz. Happy to be with you here on No Filter. And uh, Luby, I know you know this of me, that uh, it hasn't been an easy path. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually looking to travel the path of least resistance. And often I run into obstacles that are beyond insurmountable. I'm sure that's uh, true for a lot of people. And, and one thing that you don't want to be, in life, especially in this age of degenerate gambling being uh, so widespread and uh, almost to the point of being overwhelming in its temptation every day. It's like biting into the apple in the Garden of Eden. Every day you're thinking, I should make a bet and I should win something. And we know this, the gods of gambling are particularly cruel. And so uh, you can't afford to just uh, stare them in the eyeball and and say, hey, it's not going to matter if I'm late to the party. And I found this to be true. You don't want to be late to the party, especially in gambling endeavors. Now, this started with me a long time ago when they used to have like orgies in the college dormitories. It was the first time that they had, uh, uh, you know, dormitories where, where guys and, and, and women could live together, the same dorm, co-ed dormitories. And I mean, I, I would show up at the orgy when the flowers were already in the punch. Everybody just passed out in the hallway on quaaludes. And you're thinking, the carnage has already happened here. You know, no good for me. And then, you know, same thing happened. Uh, I got involved in a stock market uh, just before the crash. And uh, it was a monumental crash. It was uh, like watching the statue of Saddam Hussein come down over and over and over again, as if you were looking at the Zapruder film. And sure enough, I, I had a little bit of money at the time. I invested first month, make a you know a nice a little score. And I'm thinking, this is great because people have been doing it for uh, you know like a couple of years prior, and they were all making a ton of capital. Uh, guys that I was working with, so I get involved, and of course uh, by the second month, whoosh, I mean you talk about it's a mudslide here in Palm Springs. <laughs> Global warming? I think not. They just had a tropical storm in the desert, Luby. We're used to that here in uh, Florida. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, late to the party, all right? The stock market crashes. Uh, I, I end up losing like uh, eh, 10% of my money in two months. And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, late to the party. Once again, everybody, I'd be out by now. I, I would have no reason to even continue working. I, had, uh, I just followed along with everybody else and got out. You have to get out. Quitting while you're ahead, as I said, an American gangster is not the same as quitting. And then the same thing, real estate market, buying a couple of homes uh, right before the crash there, mortgaged my uh, home that I was living in to the hills to the point where I eventually had to go out of there screaming. There was like a flaming arrow in my back <laughs> from the loan company as I ran into the adjacent canal and, uh, you know, tried to put out the fire. But, uh, yeah, couldn't have put any more money up in smoke. Uh, getting to the party late. And, and that brings us to uh, last night's preseason game, Luby. I know you were wondering what the hell is the point of all of this? Uh, uh, is sort of. <laughs> supposed to be like brief in the morning. But um, all the build up to what happened uh, last night with the Baltimore Ravens, where 
What, what, what? I mean, the gods have handed us a gift since 2015. If you were betting on the Baltimore Ravens in the preseason. And there are people that think that they can bet preseason football uh, with some level of confidence. You would say what about those people, Michael? That, uh, <laughs> criminally insane? Is that going a little bit too far? What do they need? Straight jackets, rubber rooms, Dilaudid drip, some kind of drug that, uh, you know, uh, not even uh, Timothy Leary would have uh, thought about <laughs> ingesting. Uh, this stuff's sure fun. Uh, uh, what can you do for those people, right? Baker act them? You thought they were Meshuggah, crazy, out of their mind. And now, there have been theories, and maybe some of them can be substantiated about betting preseason football, where uh, you could follow certain coaches and assume that they were going to put an emphasis on winning. But was that really true about Marv Levy? I mean, this was a guy that uh, he, he couldn't find Lewis Rich Stadium with a compass yeah. in the, the last few years of his tenure there with the Buffalo Bills, and yet somehow he had a penchant for winning preseason games, and everybody was on to it. But naturally, I, I, don't, I don't buy into that because I'm thinking uh, that this has to be a trend that, that will turn around. Well, with the Ravens, they, they were 24 victories in a row. They hadn't lost since 2015. Yes. Uh, you're wondering about John Harbaugh. Was, was he bringing in his starters in the fourth quarter if the game was uh, sort of hanging in the balance there? <laughs> I don't think so. But how, how did he do it? He won 24 straight. Uh, and, and, of course, it was uh, kind of like betting the over in the NBA All-Star game or back when they played some kind of semblance uh, of an All-Star game in the NHL. Every year, I mean, the over-under would be 19 goals, and, and they would have 20 by the second period. Pretty much. It was incredible. They were giving you money. Rarely does that happen. Where they're just handing you money. Better than having inside information. You knew that this was an annuity. And uh, that has been the case with the Baltimore Ravens until this year. <laughs> Where they now lost two in a row. And, of course, when do I jump on the bandwagon, Louie? This season. <laughs> Laying the five and a hook against the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champions who had little incentive to do anything in that preseason game. They weren't going to play any of their starters. They weren't going to play any of their backups. They weren't even going to play the UPS drivers that they had at the bottom end of the roster that are just hanging around waiting for the final cut, the sort of Damocles to fall. And what do they do? They get within one point of the Ravens, and uh, so uh, there goes the streak. My money, whoosh, up in smoke. And then again last night, I mean, uh, a wild finish to the game, but their streak ends in straight-up wins, and, of course, they lose the ball game to the spread. They were favored by three. And if you got trounced on that ball game like I did, remind yourself, don't ever be late to the party anymore. Now, now some people are, are dancing in the streets over the Ravens. Yeah. How can you complain, right? You're, you're up, like, at least 15 units, even if you took these two beatings so far this year, which have been brutal. Because uh, it isn't as if the Ravens didn't put up some kind of a fight and uh, it made you think that they were in it to win it. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately uh, for a lot of people, uh, took one on the chin last night, and uh, the three-knockdown rule was not in effect. So uh, I will be not betting the Ravens in preseason game number three, which they will now dominate <laughs> as they, they decide to play Lamar Jackson and risk his $186 million of guaranteed money in a meaningless preseason game just to appease the people who have been betting them all along. Uh, nothing I like more, uh, Mike Louie Lewis, than the self-imposed ban. <laughs> when it comes to college football uh, regulations and violations, yeah, yeah, yeah. the self-imposed ban is always uh, something that you look at and you go, oh, well, well, geez, how did they come about this decision? Where, And the story is about Jim Harbaugh now and uh, Michigan, where he was guilty of some kind of recruiting violation that involved uh, what? Uh, a little bit of an over-enthusiastic pursuit 
yeah, so of some high school recruits. Dead period. Like there's there's these periods where uh, coaches, especially head coaches, are not supposed to communicate with recruits, and he was saying screw that. And com- during the COVID, I guess year, he was communicating with recruits during off peak times. This was a very popular consideration uh, when uh, we originated from South Florida and the University of Miami had the so-called decade. It was actually two decades of dominance. And they were always under immense scrutiny, which uh, we were screaming like MAGA Republicans. So it was completely unfair and unjustified, even though they were cheating at every turn. <laughs> there was nothing that they were doing that was on the level. Drug tests are hidden in the drawers there. Dennis Erickson is drunk at some traffic light. And, uh, you know, they're just the cops are letting it go. Uh, kids are involved in all kinds of criminal activity. And yet they would feel their team and go out there and uh, stomp the living daylights out of virtually everybody all the time. So uh, we were used to uh, immense scrutiny here. I, I don't know that the NCAA, how do they wield any power? I mean, uh, they would seem to be uh, more ineffective in terms of administration and uh, effectively legislating their sport than FIFA yeah. or maybe even the World Boxing Council. FIFA, by the way, is still one of my favorite criminal organizations. Uh, would you agree? I mean, uh, you, you can have all the mafia movies you want. When are they going to do the Sepp Ladder story? <laughs> Little guy looks like a bowling ball with legs. And uh, out of nowhere, uh, here he's a sheik in the audience with two hot babes, one on each arm. And uh, they announced, to the surprise of everyone, and the World Cup this year, 2020, will be played in the middle of the fucking desert. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy got up like as if he was surprised, man. How many, uh, you know, uh, how many under the table attache cases were passed up Blatter's way uh, on that one? But I mean, uh, you know, a criminal organization as was uh, how crooked was an NCAA? Who, who would you trust more or less? That they should have just made, named uh, Vince McMahon commissioner exactly. of the uh, NCAA instead of this Mark Emmert guy. So how is it that Michigan is being tracked for recruiting violations? I, I understand they had. What, what do they have control over the number of times they're, they're trying to protect these high school players? Is, is that the, uh, you know, cloak that they're throwing over this uh, obvious attempt to still maintain whatever minor level of control they have over the sport of college football, which yeah, I don't know why, what the dead periods do, but they're the dead periods. I presume are there to uh, legislate out communication with like, let the recruits still be college, still be high school kids and still have their freedom and still have their peace of mind. I, I think that's what it's for. I don't know. I, I have no idea. A lot of it, you know, it's all bogus. What do you want? Seems pretty useless. Uh, and yet it's happening where uh, now Michigan has decided to get out in front of this thing because uh, they wouldn't want their head coach, Jim Harbaugh suspended for any meaningful games. And so <laughs> they have like a patchy schedule Yes. I, I don't know why they didn't just put the Washington Generals on the schedule. I think they it's, did. It's Eastern Michigan, which I've never heard to have any football success. UNLV, which, again, I haven't heard to have football is success. Tarkanian still coaching there? Exactly. And uh, Bowling Green. <laughs> Legendary. Butch Comice, former Nick. Urban Meyer is not I don't know. <laughs> Their football accomplishments uh, isn't exactly going to uh, you know, have them as candidates for any kind of uh, Hall of Fame. All right, all right, so we know it's meaningless games, and he comes back for the uh, very challenging Rutgers game. Yes. Which uh, Rutgers, uh, even with Greg Schiano there and uh, all of the different things that uh, he's trying to do, and uh, you would have to think a somewhat capable college coach if you put him on the map to begin with. Remember he was recruiting down here? Yes. And he Love was obsessed voice. with recruiting South Florida athletes. He had a lot of billboards on I-95, which is the only road in or out of South Florida. If you're coming from hillbilly <laughs> destinations to the north in this state, 
and or uh, trying to head south to the Keys where nobody cares about anything. And he, he was uh, the only advertiser on, on those uh, highway billboards that had more signs up than personal injury attorneys. Where <laughs> while you're looking at the sign and, you know, taking down the phone number, uh, you know, you're, you're likely to get involved in an accident. But, but Shiano, you know, in spite of his presence there, uh, still, I mean, Rutgers is the game that uh, they're, they're proposing that Harbaugh comes back for. So, I mean, they, they don't want to have um, you know, miss out on what seems to be an insurmountable hurdle, huh? The uh, Rutgers Knights. <laughs> the Scarlet Knights. Scarlet Knights, right. I thought they might have had to drop the color, you know. They may have had to drop Scarlet. Some I political uh, sensitivities or something about Scarlet. There was a Scarlet letter. Yeah, I know. Uh, regardless of that, though, the self-imposed ban, I mean, I, I always love this when they do this. It would be like Baylor would have a guy that uh, raped two women and then shot somebody at a convenience store, got in a car and uh, got in a, you know, a five-car accident, which he survived and uh, everybody else perished. And then they would say, well, you know what? Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in uh, you know, all of the uh, legal situations that uh, we have to deal with here, but uh, we're going to suspend them for the first half of the Rice game. Yeah, that was Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel yeah. was with the, the before NIL, the autograph stuff. It was literally a half versus Rice. <laughs> like, what is that? Gonna, uh, the quarter might have been some kind of beauty day. about the self-imposed ban. I, I, I'm not going to eat today. The rest of the day, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I'm not going to gamble anymore. Forget about that. I, I'm just putting a self-imposed ban on here, right? Uh, and and that, that says. Uh, uh, lacking in substance as uh, what happens here uh, with the University of, uh, with uh, Michigan. And uh, you're thinking, why is the NCAA even bothering at this point when a pandemonium is broken out in college football and, and they no longer have any control over this? It's kind of like talking about the Second Amendment where, you know, that, that law was written into the Constitution when, when people had muskets. Yes. Nothing the muskets. NCAA is applicable in, in uh, today's uh, modern business component. That, that is college football. All right. Uh, final thing here. College football, it begins this week. This yes. is week sub-zero of the college football season. Then uh, we get into week zero, and then we get into week one. <laughs> and I like two levels of zero. It's only one zero. Yeah. <laughs> kind of looks like my college transcript. <laughs> but uh, we have Notre Dame in, in a marquee game going against the Naval Academy, which is a team. I mean, as much as I admire our service people, I can't stand watching the service academies play football. Can you? <laughs> Air Force usually is fun. Air Force usually airs it out. But like the Navy and Army usually have a cocktail. Oh, my God. Things that are you're like, is this 1941? <laughs> like... Oh, here they are. And, you know, they've added to the safety of the game with the leather helmets now. That That's uh <laughs> Something that should infuse a, a new level of confidence that players will uh, leave the game in the same shape they came into. Okay, great. Nobody wants to watch this shit. Nobody. I don't care. I salute you. Our Naval Academy has produced some brilliant leaders and uh, people that have sacrificed greatly for our country, but their offense is a piece of shit. And you're thinking, if that's the best plan they can come up with on offense, I know they don't get the athletes quite at the level here. It's not like uh, Joe Willie was going to sign up with Navy. And it's not well, he was thinking well, no, about where to go to college. Starback, Starback was in one of the military things. Yes. It's not like when Starback was there. <laughs> and nobody will ever do it again because uh, he had to sit out five years before he became a pro. Exactly. And, and walk around, you know, some office there, uh, you know, at a naval institution and uh, say, hey, when are you going to play football again, Raj? I don't know. <laughs> These cats got me for five years. What, are you kidding me? So now we have to watch this. Uh, I mean, 
triple option offense is an offense that should be banned like the four corners. You had to put in a shot clock because Dean Smith, one of the brilliant coaches of all time, was an advocate of an offense that nobody in their right mind would pay money to see ever. The center ice trap in hockey. They, they had to finally say, listen, man, no, we can't just have this going on all game and nobody scores. All of a sudden, we'll look like soccer. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, yeah so, I mean, uh, this is a, an offense that should be banned, should it not? Mm-hmm. If you're going to dictate, uh, you know, how the game you should be played. Baseball. I mean, they're not letting you do a shift. Yeah. Why can't they say, look, your offense sucks? <laughs> <laughs> that being said, and, and what's interesting about this game, uh, the line is now 20 and a hook. So the uh, fans uh, and the game's being played in Ireland, you would imagine what? Is Notre Dame going to be a solid favorite there, even over the uh, you know a very uh, well-respected Naval Academy, U.S. Naval Academy? Come on, Notre Dame. I mean, with these pasty Irishmen, they're going to be sitting in a crowd like they're waiting for uh, Greg Norman to tee off in the British Open. Come on, hit it, Greg! You Aussie nutbag! No, they have no emotion. Uh, the uh, people that go watch the British Open as fans. That's because uh, they're they're frozen stiff exactly. <laughs> as they, you know, howling winds coming their way. And uh, they're lost in, uh, you know, a sea of thatch that happens to lie in the fairway, which is, uh, you know, uh, basically rock hard anyway. So uh, you're looking at Notre Dame in Ireland, perfect circumstances to uh, cover 20 and a hook, except for the fact they're playing Navy with a lousy run defense. So uh, what's happening that's weird about this game is that the fans are obviously sending it in uh, slightly in Navy's favor as the game approaches on Saturday. But the wise guys are all on the fact that the Naval Academy is going to dominate a little bit of time of possession. Notre Dame's run defense, awful last year, like uh, ranked uh, maybe 50th or something like that in the country. And uh, Navy can run the ball. Yes. How, how does this offense work, Luby? I, I don't know. How is it no one can stop it? They always say, because oh, no one ever sees it in practice. Yeah, that's the thing. Because nobody would play it. It's the dumbest <laughs> offense that you could possibly ever invent. Just absolutely stupid. Honestly. It's crazy. But um, I'm inclined to go ahead, and, and here's our play of the day on the uh, morning briefing. Uh, I, I'm starting to believe what I'm reading, Luby. And that okay. is that uh, Navy, if they put up one score, you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> I'd be capable of holy Joe Bellini, man. Now, give me one score, one stinking score in that game, and I'm off to the races there. And uh, we win our first college bet of the season. Navy getting 20 and a half against the Fighting Irish at Notre Dame. Holy Jerry Faust, where are we going with this? We may as well be betting preseason football like you, Michigan, and nuts out there. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. That's your uh, morning briefing for today. For Mike Luby Lewitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. We'll see you next time here on No Filter. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.